are listening to High TV, your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV. As you know, we give you cannabis news now. So all the stories of the week, we kind of crunch them up and bite-size them to make sure you can enjoy them. Not bite-size them, but you understand. Taking the stories of the week and giving it a presentable form. You know, an under an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> an ounce of voice. But uh, yeah, we have a great episode for you today. But first, I want to shout out everybody who came here from the Instagram. Shout out to you guys showing love on the gram, enjoying the post from the Hemp Harvest post to the Cannabis News post, and also those who are just high high TV podcast listeners. Those who are on Apple. Those who are really enjoying the podcast, sharing it with a friend. Be like, hey, look, you like podcasts? Hey, check this out. Hey, you like cannabis? I think you might like this podcast. Shout out to you guys. I'm seeing not only the Apple music uh, subscriber increase, but also seeing the Spotify listener increase. So, hey, love is love and listeners are listeners. So shout out to all my high fam out there. Whether you're Instagram or your pod fam, the love is still there. So for today's episode, we're going to run through the headlines real quick and jump into what I believe is a pretty good week in cannabis news. So first things first, we have California governor signing a bill that allows medical cannabis to be served in K-12 schools. Remember you made that joke back in the day or a couple episodes ago where it's like the kid will be at recess with a big joint in his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Getting the munchies and, you know what I'm saying, eating everybody else's lunches. Not only get the munchies, will be the coolest kid at school. You know what I'm saying? The kid that probably looks sick, has a body like Joker. Yeah, I saw the Joker. Yo, the Joker had, anyway, we'll talk about that more in the episode. But that's just, that's the headline. Next, we have a class action lawsuit given to a company for not telling the truth. Almost like they gassed themselves up more than they probably were. You know, being deceptive. You know, they were just saying, hey, look, I'm the best guy for you. And they ended up being a freaking maniac, right? Or they being like, oh, this is a nice, sweet girl. But they end up being a crazy, crazy chick. All right, but uh, bad analogies aside, class action lawsuit, they try to IPO, things did not go their way. We'll tell you more about that when we continue. Cannabis companies' share prices tumbled this week. I mean, some nearly 40%. As you know, stock markets over, or the stock market overall when it comes to IPOs aren't doing that well, and it looks like cannabis companies are seeing some of that hardship. And last but not least, the most important company, Hemp-derived CBD could reach $23 billion by 2023. I think this is the most important story, so I'm going to save it for after the uh, break. As you know, we're Hemp International. We care about hemp, all right? Hemp is, I think, a godsend to this planet for not only environmental reasons, but now we know medicinal reasons. So, yes, this story is going to come after the break, and we're going to dive deep into it. And that's why we have a break, right? The whole point of taking a mental break is to take a step back, recollect your thoughts, come back, but come back focused. Come back at a point where your mind is stable to get the job done the best way it can. And I think this decide, this is deserving of that focus, all right? Who would have thought? 
Who would have thought back then that uh, CBD was going to be what it was? $23 billion? I mean, who would have thought four years ago when Charlotte's Web was getting grown for the girl, adorable girl who had, you know, almost deadly seizures, get this special form of weed grown that had 21% CBD that had the aims of helping her ailment, which is what was helping her. As, he, what, as was mentioned on the CNN uh, weed TV show with Sanjay Gupta. He had another one, one about CBD. Not too bad. I mean, he talked about, you know, different things such as who can tell you that? And the reason being is who can tell you that uh, CBD was going to get to this point? People are like she's really taking weed. It doesn't get her high and it just gets her healthy. What? But people who had keen minds and understood not only how beneficial it was to human beings to care about their health, who knew not only how vast of a market the wellness industry is and the health. Look, just look at GNC. GNC is not going out of business anytime soon because we care more than ever about our health. Understood those markets, understood those truths and said, yo, CBD is something to get behind. And now it's projected to be $23 billion. No, Jordan number, billion. LeBron number, before he went to Miami, and after he came back, billion. So let's get into it. First story, first story, first story. We're going to talk about California governor signs bill allowing medical cannabis in K-12 schools. Now, at first you read a headline, you're like, yo, these kids are going to be smoking weed, getting high. I mean, in some cases, yeah, but when you think about it, I mean, you know, cannabis is more medicinal than it is recreational. The numbers in the business doesn't say that, but we all know that deep, you know, deep down in our soul. When it comes to cannabis, it's a medicinal healing plant. It's something that really gets people, you know, at a level where they can manageable, they be manageable with their ailment. You know, if you have anxiety, manageable. You know, you have some forms of cancer. If you can get your cancer to regress and cause the apoptosis that THC induces, manageable, you know. You have some type of neurological issues that have you, you know, more bedridden because of whatever pain you're feeling. And THC, super strong pain reliever. Like THC is in the Avengers when it comes to pain reliever. It's up there with Oxy, I'm telling you. Now, it might not be a pain killer where it basically stops, you know, the, your molecules from feeling, not the pain receptors rather, from going to the brain. Literally, you can't feel pain because those messages aren't being sent to the brain. So it's almost, it's up there. Might not be the strongest Avenger. May not be Hulk out here smashing stuff, but it's still taking care of business, you know? And unlike Iron Man who died in the last Avengers movie, R.I.P., sad moment, great movie though, uh, cannabis is here to stay and it's up there when it comes to pain relievers. So with that being said, it's understandable why you want to use that for children who may be going through the same ailments, because guess what? Children are just little people. You know, they have the same emotions. They might not be able to process it, but the same emotions big people and adults do, and they go through the same amounts of pain. And imagine how hard it is to go through pain, especially when you're so young. And of course, pain might not be the only ailments that, that also include uh, epilepsy, you know, uh, any other neurological diseases, even some gastrointestinal nausea that may come up that cannabis can aid. When it comes to those type of things, it's understandable why California, who has been the most progressive with cannabis in the state, in the country of the United States, to go ahead and back this bill that allows, you know, medical cannabis in K-12 schools. A few episodes ago, we told you guys, hey, look, 
California is proposing to allow medical cannabis in schools. They made a joke saying that a kid will be on recess, you know, smoking a joint, getting all the other kids jealous. And then you wonder why all of his lunch, like this kid comes back home, not only eating his lunches in lunchbox, but he's getting, he's trading a hit of his joint for lunch from somebody else's lunchbox. Like imagine the kids, little kids on munchies, all they eating is candy. Your kid's going to come back home looking like the kid from Hey Arnold with a chocolate face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The chocolate, remember that chocolate kid from Hey Arnold? Some of you guys are either too young or too old to know the reference. But anyway, back to the story. So California Governor Gavin Newsom, or Newsom, excuse me, California Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a bill allowing K-12 students to use medical cannabis at school. Los Angeles Times reports the law allows parents in some school districts to bring medical cannabis products to their children at the campus, but it's not allowed products to be used in smokable or vapable form. So, of course, a joke I just used about a kid smoking a fat joint in recess, you know, being the coolest kid in the school. He can't smoke and he can't vape. So that coolness that you may get from having a plume of smoke, you know, flow out your lungs. Kids aren't able to participate. What they're going to get is these like edible form of medicines or oil form of medicines like a tincture. And I really don't think there's anything cool about taking TV as a tincture. Like I'm just saying it's it, it helps, but. It does. It just doesn't really uh, look cool to me, you know. Like having to unscrew this thing and like tilt your head back and drop. It doesn't look cool. Like put your tongue back down on the floor of your mouth. I don't want to see it. But this is for medicine. This is for kids. So the story continues. A similar measure, measure as mentioned earlier in the podcast. This podcast, rather, uh, former Republican Governor Jerry Brown in 2018 mentioned last podcast last year. Under previous state laws, students or parents could not bring medical cannabis within a thousand feet of cannabis and, pa- and uh, parents had to pick up their kids to administer the medical cannabis and then bring them back. So put it this way. A kid would have an epileptic seizure scenario, hypothetical, based on the old law. A parent would have to not only leave their job or leave their home to go pick up the child. They couldn't even have the marijuana a thousand feet from the home. So chances are they pick up the kid from school uh, without the weed on them, drive them to the house a thousand square feet away, administer the medicine there and then drop them back later on. You know, and it's probably embarrassing thing for the kids, too. Not only are you having seizures or going through something that requires this level of treatment and care or pain. Like, you know, kids have terrible stomach pain if you have like gastritis. Anyway. It's embarrassing to leave the classroom, you know, getting picked up and dropped off and no one knows what's going to happen, right? And that's what the old law allowed. But imagine this new law where it's cool now, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is my uh, THC for my thing. The kid that's like all sickly and syndrome, like the kid that has the body of the Joker. <laughs> Have you seen the Joker movie? His body looks atrocious. Like he really looks sick. And shout out to the actor, forget his name, who went through that level of commitment to a role to not only chip his tooth to make it more realistic and look crazy, but also make his body look like he's a xenomorph from Alien. Kudos. But yeah, the kid who looks sickly and feeble and feeble, who may not feel like he's cool enough because of his ailment now can have some type of cool factor having medical cannabis on him at school. It might not be a vape or a smoke, but it's still kind of cool if you're taking a little THC, you know, pill or whatever or, or gel that it may be to go ahead and feel treatment. So shout out to this new law. Parents can now trust that their kids will be OK in school. They can take it. Of course, parents have to be there to take it, but they don't have to, you know, drive all the way back home and then come right back. They just administer the medicine to the child. Right. I'm sure the, the mom is going to tell the child, even though it's against the law, to keep the medicine on them just in case they feel another seizure coming on, another wave of pain or some other debil- debilitating, debilitating, Jesus, debilitating ailment occurs. Next, up, we're going to talk about the class action lawsuit. 
Yes, yes, the cannabis industry is not, you know, shy of his lawsuits, but this one I felt like reporting. Now, if you watch shows like Billion, as mentioned earlier, when it comes to these stocks IPOing, right, it is a big moment, right? In fact, 2019 has been one of the worst years for IPOs ever. And it was even worrisome when it came to the market for those who care about, you know, stocks and this kind of information. It was known that uh, 2019 also served, not 2019, but this era, this decade had the least amount of IPOs than ever in Wall Street history, which means less companies are being able to go public. Because let's be real, the companies that are huge, like an Apple, an Android, or Facebook, they're eating other industries and they're taking so much market share, it's hard for new IPOs to develop. That's why there's so much talk about breaking up the big four. You know, Scott Galloway preaches that every time he has like a mini TED talk or a conference at a university and these cannabis companies are not immune. And so when you want to go, we want to IPO, you have to file all this paperwork to make sure your company's legit. You have to make sure that it's not only a safe and or safe enough investment for the public. Nothing's a safe investment. Let's be honest, but it's not like you're selling a, a, a terrible company with no plans of making money and things of that nature. And then you go public. Cause now you're getting all these hundreds of millions of dollars in IPO. If you are successful, like these cannabis companies are notable and have some type of promise to them, then they have to make sure they shut you down. You can't IPO. So, so many companies have delayed their IPO like WeWork and a few others because the business market is just not looking good. You know, IPOs are not doing well. They're not making, at least cannabis companies especially, they're not putting out a profit. We told you about, you know, Bill Linton being fired after, you know, the company reported losing a billion dollars you know, of money, like a billion dollars just gone. You know what I'm saying? Not losing the money physically, like, like, like they dropped a billion dollars in the street, but the amount of loss that the company had over the year was terrible. And the sentiments are seen, the same ones where Uber is not profitable, but yet it's bringing in revenue, but the investors aren't too happy about it. Same thing, right? It's the same thing in cannabis. You promise all of these numbers. You talk about the cannabis market, proposed sales and numbers, which of course were bloated. It's a brand new market. You're going to bloat your numbers and people are going to invest in you. And so it looks like this cannabis company did the same exact thing where they just gassed everything up. You know, they just put the pump in and just started pumping. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know if their plan was to pump and dump, but they're pumping this information to make them better, make them seem better than they actually were. Make them seem like a more reputable company than they were right that's a scam and that's illegal that's why you have the sec or security of exchange commission this the sec is like the police of all these you know companies that go public they they protect the public from these shitty companies whose whole goal is to take the ipo make them money and run away kind of like the ceo of uh, we work who did the same thing got an ipo sold millions and millions of dollars i get it Li liquidate your assets but damn son uh, anyway, so the story goes as follows. Canadian licensed company Pseudo Farms is being sued by the U.S. for allegedly failing to disclose that a customer returned $2 billion, which is, equates to about a half ton of weed. So not only did they fail to tell the SEC, which is highly illegal, and, and was halt, their, halt them from uh, going public. They went public already, by the way. So they kept this live so that they can go public, generate the money that they need, and that could probably help them keep afloat, right? Because when you, when you IPO, it's very enticing for a company because you don't have to go through, you know, venture capitalists and sit down and hope they give you money. You're getting this same amount of money you would get in a series or even two series of funding in one IPO. So they IPO'd August 1st and it looks like they had it. They sold some weed to a company about a half ton. That's a lot of weed, a half ton. Come on. It's a thousand pounds. It got returned. And I understand you imagine going on a shopping spree and you return the clothes. 
you know, because it either doesn't fit right, you know, maybe you, you spent more than you needed to, and, and last but not least, some other reason I can't even think of right now why you would return your clothes. But it's not the same thing. It wasn't the fault or the option or opinion of the other company to say, oh, this, 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 uh, it's, it's not that I don't have the money. It was more so a fact that the other company felt the products were not of quality and they returned nearly $2 million worth of cannabis. And you got to think about it. If you're going to invest in a company, you don't want any of the weed being turned back, especially a half ton. Because that means if, if it happens once, it's going to happen again. That's just the truth in life. If it happened once, it's going to happen again. So if you have someone like this who uh, goes ahead and sells weed and gets returned, you're not going to be too proud of them you know, owning their stock. So more on the story, right? So the company who returned the weed, Zenibus Global, wow, Zenibus, eh, decent name. They uh, reportedly sent the cannabis back and terminated, I'll be back, its agreement, that was kind of corny, with the firm and claims that the cannabis was a poor quality and a, contained bits of rubber glue. Oh my God. So not only did they return the weed because it wasn't the quality they expect, this company was sending out weed that had rubber gloves in it and visible mold. I mean, what were they even planning? Were they hoping that they would find the glove and it, it would distract them so much that they found a glove hidden in their weed, they wouldn't notice the mold? I mean, come on, moldy weed is a problem. And I know it's not easy growing cannabis that's pristine to the point where there's no mold, but you can't be selling a half a ton of it and expect things not to backfire, right? And much worse, commit an illegal crime, a financial white collar crime, and not dictate what happened in this, in this case to the SEC. And not only did they say that the cannabis wasn't of quality, they found mold and they had rubber gloves and they returned it, returned two million. They even said business operations and prospects were materially false and misleading and or lack reasonable basis at all relevant times. That means whatever they said about their company just was not true. Right. They probably gassed their uh, skills up. Right. And did not deliver. It's almost like when a guy sees a girl that's really hot and you just tell her that you, you are so good at all these things. You're about to do this to her. You know, her mind is in that place already. She's imagining what you're talking about. But then when it actually happens, you're nothing like expected. You're like a catfish, but a, even worse, you're a catfish in person. Right. A catfish in bed. Is it worth? They catfished them. They even cat. They regular catfished them. They said, "Oh man, yeah, you know where I'm uh, about six two, two hundred, you know, whatever pounds, muscular build, hit the gym every day." Or if they're female, they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm about five foot five, five six, you know, have a nice curvy body and a nice legs and booty, and I'm pretty smart and funny." Like they lied on their Tinder page, and this company is facing the consequences. Not only are they, you know known not only by this one company of getting the weed returned, but also by other companies, the SEC is not having that. So now their stock is going to tumble ferociously, okay? So the transaction occurred around the time that the company wanted to go public August 1st. And with the billion dollar valuation, that's a big valuation, and they rose $143 million, according to MarketWatch, Market Watch, the initial IP, the initial pub public offering, excuse me, or IPO did not disclose that this company returned half a ton of product and did not mention that the issue during a presentation in Ontario. So when they're trying to, you know, before they went public, generate the interest, all those other things, they had to promote themselves. They had to talk about what they were doing. Did not disclose any of these business practices at all. And it received $3.3 million in penalties for not delivering cannabis to partners as promised in 2018. So guess what? Their shares 
sold at, excuse me, so the shares also sold at $13 as an IPO, but it's even worse that it received so many penalties already for not delivering on time. Listen, cannabis companies, y'all got to get together. I mean, cannabis already is a, you know, not industry, but is a thing and an activity that people participate in that gets so much negative stigma already. Now, even though we have the medicinal cannabis that kind of helps us out, gives us some lean room, you know, we could breathe, you know what I'm saying? Our collars don't got to be stretched for air. It's not, it's not hot. You're comfortable. But the issue is you have to make sure you're doing good business practices because the industry overall and the lifestyle overall is looked down upon already. It seems a low life thing. So the old, so what you have to do is make sure that your cannabis is pristine as much as you can, and especially if you're going to sell it. Make sure you represent not only your company, but the industry overall. OK. So last but not least, we have the biggest cannabis deal that was never going to be. We thought it was going to be, but it looked like it never happened. Okay, MedMen. We all know MedMen. They are nice, nicely branded. You know, red, cool partnerships with rappers like Jim Jones. The prices are pretty low. The design is amazing. I mean, their marketing is pristine. You know, you've seen their marketing where it's like, oh, we're like they try to represent everybody as weed smokers, and they had regular-looking people. I came from different, wide, diverse demographics, and they just said, I'm a smoker, or I'm a stoner, or I'm a this. You can be a construction worker, doctor, lawyer, business person, regular person, layman. It doesn't matter. Great, great, wow, great marketing. However, it looks like this business that was going to go down got shut down, right? So it's almost like these companies that got us high, but their profits stayed low. So I'm going to talk about MedMen in a second and what was going to be the largest cannabis business acquisition ever or merger, but it didn't happen. I'm going to tell you why. But first, we're going to talk about how these companies get as high, but their profits stayed low to continue on our conversation with our last story. So cannabis companies outside of the one that was just mentioned, share prices tumbled this week. I mean, they just nosedived. All right. They nosedived like in the Olympics in Beijing. I don't know what I was going with that metaphor, <laughs> but you get the picture. They nosedived and it's not looking good overall for the year and especially this week. So some companies even fell 40 percent. Right after a string of disappointing quarterly reports that mounted skepticism about the industry's rosy growth forecast. Now, naturally, you have something that's brand new, something that's shiny, something that's pretty. Cannabis, the cannabis market and the industry. People want to get their money in because they figured that if they've invested wisely and hopefully they picked the company that would end up being the Google of the dot com era or being the Apple out of the, you know, the cell phone era that just comes out on top. You invested early and now your investment is worth a lot more than you put in. And so, of course, these cannabis companies blew up their numbers, their reports and what they had and what they could possibly do in their forecasts. And they're not delivering. All right. They're not delivering. Same thing. Same analogy. Dude gas all this stuff for the show to make sure she was thinking all these things. When it came down to it, you know, lights was off. The sheets was on. You know what I'm saying? The windows was getting foggy. Why would, you, why, why would your windows get foggy in your house? Anyway, it was just not as promised. You know what I'm saying? She's going to her phone, texting a girl with a rolling emoji, rolling eye emoji. She's like, oh. <laughs> oh man so these cannabis companies like i said gas themselves up and it's just not looking well so the story goes as follows the stock hexocorp which i used to own a stock of before i sold it a producer in a joint venture with molson Coors brewing company a reason why i invested because i'm thinking if morris is going to invest in this company they see something i don't and chances are if they made that bet i can make a sizable bet too i think i owned quite a lot of shares but anyway the point is the stock fell 38% this week. And on Thursday, the Quebec company withdrew revenue outlook of 400 million Canadian dollars for 2020, or roughly 300 million American dollars 
That's what they thought they were going to make in 2020, right? However, they're saying that their 2019 revenue was only $46 million. Now, it looks like this company is not doing what it said it was going to do, right? And chances are all these cannabis companies are saying the same thing and singing the same tune. Oh, the... The, the cannabis edibles aren't being sold yet. Concentrates aren't available. I promise you, when the concentrates are available, the edibles are on the shelves and people are getting high off this, we will make all the money we said we were going to make. But no one's believing the story just like you're not believing that story, right? Oh, man, you know, I was tired. I'm stressed. I didn't mean to, you know, finish so quick. I mean... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Excuses, right? Excuses, excuses. But people have them. It's natural. And these companies are doing this to the same extent, right? As you know, Canada has not legalized the sale of, I believe, extracts and edibles, but they will start selling soon. So the saving grace they're saying is that it's such a large sales portion and people are going to be so excited that, yeah, your quarterly earnings, once those edibles are released, your quarterly earnings, you know, once co concentrates are available, they're going to increase. They're going to see a boost. People are more interested to go back and buy cannabis because it wasn't available before. It's brand new. We all love brand new things. Come on now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's what they're saying is going to happen. But I don't think, you know, that's the case. I think their numbers are going to be as it is. But yeah, it's more of if the public are going to be more receptive to cannabis. If Canada is going to decide by law that you can't, you can't brand anything in Canada, you have to sell all your cannabis in similar dull, ugly looking packaging as if it is some type of pharmaceutical drug. Um, it's not going to be that accessible. It's not going to be that enticing for people to go buy weed. If I can go buy weed from my from my uh, dealer that's cool with me, why would I go buy weed with you? At least in America, they allow you to brand and have color and have story and have all these things, such as MedMen. And uh, speaking of MedMen, it's not looking too good, man. It looks like they had to cancel their acquisition deal with Pharmacan. Now, as you know, Pharmacan is already one of the, one of the biggest companies in America, and MedMen is on its way to the same description. MedMen has a store on Fifth Avenue in New York City. If you guys don't know New York City, that's a place in New York where the largest Macy's in the world is. The one that was the wonder of the world before the internet came about, and you had the Mall of America. Um, you have all these luxury stores on the same block next to each other even so to have a cannabis company a medicinal cannabis company in the heart of fifth avenue was a genius move not only to service tourists who live in the country maybe have their cannabis when you know it gets re recreational but also as a billboard towards your brand overall how many people go to new york city and are seeing their business there and they remember oh i saw the cannabis dispensaries medmen and be more inclined to buy their stuff either in their state or however they will buy in the future with that being said, MedMen has ambition is the idea I was trying to put into your head. They have an outlook of the future and where they want to position themselves. So one of the way they're going to position themselves in the future was by partnering with Pharmacan. All right. They're going to own a shit ton of dispensaries, a lot of growth facilities and even more than a bundle of other marijuana assets. Now, if you want to hear the numbers on that story, listen to a past episode. I'm not going to dictate all of it again. But it looks like the way they settled it was MedMen is in trouble, all right? And, and, and the reason why they're in trouble is because they're spending so much money, but they're not producing, just like all these other kind of cannabis companies, the numbers they're looking at. However, they have seemingly the most promise due to what it's done in later or in earlier moments in the cannabis, in, in its company's history, without the major funding that it's now getting, you know, a lot more. 
And so with that being said, uh, this move between them and Pharmacan was going to be the largest cannabis deal in history. I mean, it was valued at what, 70 million? No, 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 no. 700 million was what it was valued at. However, it did not go through. And so because MedMen, like I said, was in trouble financially, they decided to work a deal with Pharmacan where three assets were transferred from Pharmacan to MedMen. And those assets would take care of whatever financial loss they're currently at. All right. So. Adam Beerman, a.k.a. MedMen's co-founder and chief executive officer, CEO, said that the termination of the deal was in the best interest of the company's shareholders, raise his eyebrow, to deepen and rather widen the company's reach. Now, it's all right. Fat Pharmacan also won the deal because guess what? They still hold the licenses for 26 retail stores and five cultivation and processing facilities in New York. Illinois, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. I mean, Pharmacan even mentioned that Illinois is seemingly going to be a big, a big, large market that they want to focus on in the near future. And if you're seeing how the cannabis industry is looking so far, having a merger and acquisition in tough times may not be the smartest thing to do. Figuring yourself out in the terms of raising the capital that you're currently not where, raising your capital to a point where it currently isn't is, and making sure you're not at a loss at the end of the year or the quarter is a way to make sure that you survive in a long game and making a bad decision in desperation isn't the best decision. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you have to, when you have the bar, the bar's about to close, the lights is on, you're like, oh, I gotta take something home, right? <laughs> no, 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 don't. <laughs> don't listen to me, man. Don't listen to me. It's like too late, and I'm just telling some inappropriate jokes. But anyway, the point is, man, uh, the big deal that we were excited about because it was going to mean that MedMen was going to be one of, if not the biggest cannabis company in the U.S. and will, will position themselves for a long time because when you know, if you're going to sell weed, you got to be able to grow weed and process it. So the more that MedMen can process and grow more of its own weed is the more money it's going to make because that's what it's vertically in integrating instead of, you know, allegedly taking cannabis from other sources and just branding it themselves. So uh, that's what's going down in the cannabis industry. It's not looking pretty. You got companies out here lying, you know, gassing themselves up to be something not going to be catfishing, you know, the IPO and the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh, it's not looking good. It's just not looking good. But does that mean that in the future, cannabis can bounce back? I believe cannabis will bounce back. I believe cannabis is operating like most other companies in the market right now, where it's not about producing profits. It's about increasing market share and increasing cash flow. If you have the market share, you dominate this amount of space, you can now predict the amount of money you're going to bring in in the long run. Now, because maybe because you're spending too much money to get that market share, the shareholders are not happy because if I just gave you a couple million dollars and it's only sitting at that same couple million dollars, I'm going to be a little upset. All right. I want to see my money grow a little bit, just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. And these companies aren't growing to the point where they thought they were going to grow. So recap of this first half of the episode, California governor signed a bill allowing medical cannabis in K-12 schools. Parents no longer have to pick up their schools, carrying them home, give them medical marijuana, and then return them back to school. Now children can get their cannabis administered in school. All the mama got to do, the dad got to do is pull up one time, right? Give, give some weed to his kid, then smoke some weed for himself on the way home. <laughs> I guarantee that's how it's going to happen. And that's a joke every parent's going to use that give their kid medical marijuana in school. But uh, in either case, it's a standing to how not only progressive California is as a cannabis state, but also how much cannabis overall is growing 
in our country that kids cannot use their medical cannabis in schools. It's an understanding. It's a growth. It's a maturity of the industry. Uh, next story we talked about was a clash action lawsuit. The uh, company, Sundial Growers, was uh, not being too truthful when it tried to go public. And worse than that, it's selling bad product to the company named Xenobis Global, where it gave him two it gave him two million dollars of weed that had gloves and moldy weed in it. Not only was the moldy weed there, but for add insult to injury, you even had rubber gloves. I mean, come on now, you got to do better than that. Now, get granted, these companies are, are probably hiring workers that aren't the most you know professional or serious because of how they're being paid. But either way, you should definitely provide the best cannabis you can and, and follow the best practices. And more importantly, if you're going to IPO, make sure you tell the SEC what went down. Now, just like you told, if you're telling a new a new partner or whatever, like yo, you know, I should cheat on my ex girlfriend. And she decides, you know what, I'm going to accept you for your pastor and transgressions and choose to let you IPO. But you won't have to face the consequences. You won't have to. Because you didn't lie in the beginning, you won't have to face the consequences later. Right? You don't have to face your demons. And it looked like, you know, they try to run away from this little faux pas. That they probably say, oh, I didn't know it should be mentioned. But now you're getting sued by a class action lawsuit, for that matter, by the SEC. And not only that, you've been selling shitty weed for a long time. $3.3 million in penalties for selling weed as not advertised before. Okay? Then last but not least, we talk about what's happening with the cannabis industry this week. They're tumbling almost 40%. I mean, we're seeing Hexo, you know, go down. We're seeing MedMen go down. And the list is going on and on and on with more. As long as these companies aren't producing the numbers that they predicted in these nice, beautiful PowerPoints and, you know, presentations that got them to investment in the first place, they should be more realistic, be more forthcoming when it comes to what's going on and make sure their future uh, uh, forecast isn't above the roof, okay? So coming up, we're going to talk about hemp and how hemp is going to be a $20 billion, $23 billion market by 2023. That's a lot of 23s in one sense. That's like seeing LeBron James and Michael Jordan play in the same game on 2K. A lot of 23s on the court. And AD before he came to LA. A lot of 23s, almost too much. You know, 23 billion by 2023? Sheesh. But anyway, stay tuned. We got a lot more for you. Hopefully you, you enjoy this more energy, energy-packed episode, even though it is late at night, like around 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning. I am going to upload the podcast and try to get it to you before 4.20. If not, just know it's coming around 5 a.m. Either way, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by WeTube. If you have ever gotten your content banned, demonetized, or removed from platforms like YouTube, this is the app for you. You can make a channel for free and gain over 300,000 subscribers like the other popular WeTubers on the platform. It's free and you can get paid for your videos with a promise of never getting deleted. That's WeTube available on Apple and Android platforms. Again, this is a platform for censored content creators by censored content creators. If you love cannabis like we do here at High TV and Hep International, check out WeTube today, the platform for weed content creators. Now back to the show. All right, and we're back. Welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed the break. I miss you guys just a little bit, not too much, you know. I'm not scrolling your Instagram looking at what you're posting. You know what I'm saying? I miss you mentally, but 
Speaking of, Instagram removed its ability for people to stalk you on Instagram. I'm so happy about that. Like, I used to get pissed off when people, or not people, but like, let's say you're in a relationship and somebody's looking at the likes you're making. I'm sure in 2019, there's so many arguments and relationships that have ended only because of that feature. You know, somebody, it could be one side or the other, saw their, sorry, girlfriend or boyfriend looking at the, uh, uh, sorry, I just drank some water saw the like that they like oh you like this type of girl oh oh you like i saw you like this picture i mean come on man chances are i'm liking the picture because she looks good it's a good picture but it's not like i'm going ahead and talking to her like she don't got my heart my attention you know so many relationships have broken up because of a like and now we're going to see the era of new stuff for people to get pissed off about and no way those stalkers know what you're doing on instagram whose whole goal is to not only look at pictures but look at what their friends are liking you know you know, the thing about it is you're going to have to work harder for a like, too, because a lot of people discover you based off of what other people like. They're, oh, what does this say? And they find your page and you go follow. So you got to put in a little bit more work to get that exposure, especially because the algorithm just updated recently again. That damn algorithm. But anyway, back to our biggest story of the day. Hemp. Hemp industry. We are Hemp International and all things hemp is very, very important to us, including CBD. As I can tell you, when hemp was just really about being sustainable and how much things it can build and how cool it was and what are some new stories like hemp can help uh, radiated soil in Japan affected by the nuclear bombs dropped. I mean, things are amazing, right? Hemp can suck in all the toxins that are in the soil and help out, you know, a, a farmer to grow there later on once the crop has fully absorbed everything. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. It's a bioaccumulator. And then it shifted towards CBD. And then CBD became this new craze. As mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we all were wondering why, why this CBD was was a thing when it didn't even get you high. You had CBD, you were selling it. People were like, yo, why would you want this? You can't even get high. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? I can't get high. Not everything in life is about you getting high when it comes to cannabis. It's also a medicine. And we've seen how CBD is good for so many things. I mean, the list goes on and on with CBD. I don't got to tell you because you guys already know. But might as well, right? Real quick. Epilepsy, epilepsy, anxiety. I can't remember all the rest. <laughs> epilepsy, anxiety, uh, pain, inflammation, of course. Uh, replenishing your endocannabinoid system. If you have endocannabinoid deficiency, it can also help with uh, preventing, not preventing cancer, but an addition, a good addition to add in because it's an antioxidant. It can prevent cancer from forming, which antioxidants, you know, prevent oxidation, which oxidation is some, you know, chemical word that stems from what a release of a electron and that release of electrons cause you know cells to get damaged over time when they try to replicate that damage is then replicated and that can lead to cancer so having a, a powerful antioxidant like cbd is very important towards a healthy lifestyle um but yes cbd has grown up to ways I could not imagine. I mean, anywhere you could imagine CBD being sold, it's being sold. When it comes to going to the gym, you see plus CBD being sold at 24-hour fitness. When it comes to CVS, they're selling CBD now in different forms. You go to Walmart, CBD. You go to Bed Bath & Beyond, CBD. Even places I never expect CBD to be, I see gummies being sold. Not gummies, but I see an advertisement for gummies being sold at a sex shop as I'm driving to work. I mean, it is crazy. And with that being said, I think this $23 billion projection by this company, I think it's off. I think it'd be more than that. I think CBD, the way that it's exploding now, is only has much, much more to explode, including the point that, you know, 
the hemp bill legalized CBD. CBD was already selling before it was legalized. It was a great big multi-billion dollar industry before the hemp bill even passed it. Passed or passed. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hemp is going to continue to grow and I believe CBD will continue to grow. And so, yes, CBD will be the largest portion of sales, but you also got to think about how hemp can be used as plastic. Hemp can be used to even drop into oil spills and absorb all the oil that is there. It really does that. You know, hemp can be used, you know, in ways of, you already use hemp now for its string or twine that it makes that you can light and use as a lighter. You know, as a cleaner way to, instead of breathing in all that chemical from the lighter i mean hemp can be used I, listen you listen to this podcast you've heard how many ways hemp can be used soap the list goes on and on lotion i mean oils on and on and when it comes to that i think this 23 billion dollars is, is is off you know and they're probably basing it off of how cannabis is being sold or thc and how that's a 40 billion dollar market as predicted by these analysts you know in in uh our last few episodes or last couple of episodes $23 billion is off. So what does it mean, though? What does it mean that this market is now that large? We're going to see way more brands enter to the space. We already know there's over, what, 2,000, 3,000 CBD brands already. And it's only been really popular for the last two and a half years. That number is going to skyrocket. I mean, and we're going to see a lot more old money <clears throat> enter into the industry. We're going to see a lot of them now say, all right, well, we're not doing too well in this sales aspect. Let's try to spruce things up and add CBD. I went to a pizza shop that sells, as you saw on Instagram, CBD water, you know, you could eat, drink that with the pizza. Now, I believe the reason why is because the pizza is probably originated from California. I saw a lot of Alcatraz, you know, in the establishment, which kind of communicated California. And with that being said, it made sense why they sell CBD water at the pizza shops, because it's carrying that branding, that feel everywhere. It's only a matter of time before they're selling pizza that can be infused too, right? You're just going to have regular pizza, add a few drops on there and charge the f out of it which i'm pretty sure is going to happen in the future all this expensive food that doesn't really get you that high like five to ten milligrams come on but that's some of that's all that people need they don't need to be smacked out their mind they don't need to be you know red eyes as red as the stop sign and fall and drooping everywhere so anyway back to the hemp market uh, at least I dived into uh, what does it mean? What does it mean that it's $23 billion? So, yes, there's going to be more companies that's going to jump into the market, right? We're going to see a lot more stories of people who aren't doing business the right way. And more importantly, we're going to see regulation enter the industry. You can't have an industry that costs this much or makes this much, but yet have no form of regulation. We have to regulate CBD. And they've tried now by, you know, having groups and councils in different states that that recommends or requires you to have QR codes on your CBD products. And you're going to want the QR codes. Basically, you can walk into a CBD shop, you can take your phone out and look at the lab test right then and there. And the only issue is, just like in the THC market, people are paying these people to do tests for them. The tests have to be third party. They have to be done by external source to make sure that your test is as accurate as possible. Don't give them extra CBD percentages they don't deserve. And don't give them a clean bill of health, a bill of health even though they're sickly and syndromic like the body of the Joker on the outside and sick on the inside. Speaking of that movie, it was pretty dark. You know, it was a good movie. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it, it was kind of overhyped, but I think the Joker overall kind of told a great origin story, help you understand why the Joker is the way the Joker is, even from, you know, his mom having some type of psychological disorder and how it kind of led to the existence of Batman becoming Batman. Like his actions caused the killing of his father inadvertently and it's so funny as to why they're meant to be arch enemies from the beginning honestly 
Um, but Joker aside and pop culture aside, you know, I'm going to just read off the article now. Probably you guys are like, finally, finally read off the article. So hemp derived CBD market could be worth 23 billion by 2023, which works out to 40,000 per acre at the farm level. Wow. So if you're growing hemp by the acre, it's going to make you $40,000. It's going to make you, you know, a, a decent sized, nice sedan you know, of that brand new of that year, right? $40,000. And the report suggests that about 87% of hemp acreage will be used to make CBD. And that makes sense. If you're going to use the most profitable portion of the part, uh, you're going to use the most profitable portion of hemp in order to make your money back, right? And the way that CBD is selling now, the price we know is going to drop soon, but still 40000 an acre, that sounds good to me. You know, you, you release an acre of land for like $5,000, right? And then you end up getting $40,000 in, in, in the making, right? So that's $5,000 times 12. That's that's too much. So 1,500 th times 12 is what? 1,000 times 12 would be 12,000. And then you do the $500 or 500 yeah, five hundred dollars a month times twelve again. That's gonna be six hundred. So that's six hundred plus the initial. Sheesh. So that's gonna be uh six thousand plus twelve. It's gonna be eighteen thousand. So you're spending eighteen thousand dollars a year to make forty thousand dollars back on your product. I mean, that seemed like a great investment to me, and it makes sense as to why so many farmers are now hemp farmers in the United States. And that leads us to the next part of the article. Researchers found that Colorado is the most hemp or has the most hemp in the U.S. And they estimate about about 42,000 acres. And Colorado is followed closely by Oregon. Not closely, in my opinion, but all right, article. Oregon is at 29,859 acres. Montana is also at 29,000. And Tennessee is at 20,000. And Arizona is next with 18,000 acres of hemp. I mean, listen, that's a lot of acres of hemp. That's a lot of money being produced. You know, you multiply that 40,000 by the 42,000 acres and see just how much you get. You know, imagine how much you could realistically, realistically be making. I mean, I mean, it's amazing, man. It's it really is. It's really looking at like one point six million dollar per state. If my guess is right. So in Colorado, yeah, they're making about one point six million. Um, but anyway, so the analysis points to four risk of hemp cultivation: the difficulty finding clones and or feminized seeds. We've just seen a lawsuit happen in Kentucky where one person sold a guy a whole leap of seeds, but they're all male seeds and not feminized seeds. So the guy basically paid for nothing. You're paying for these seeds to grow into CBD hemp, and you're getting a bunch of male plants that can't do shit for you, right? Come on. So the analysis again says hemp cultivation and difficulties are finding clones. Now, only but a finite amount of clones can be produced based on the integrity, not integrity, but size and, you know, muscle that a hemp facility or CBD facility has. And it can actually house clones and sell them. You know, in the beginning of the hemp industry, when we were showing you the growth was a lot of companies either specialized in making the clones and probably bought the clones off of those who, you know, grow their hemp. But there's also those now who are not only growing the hemp and selling the hemp and selling the CBD, they're also selling clones and seeds as well. 
makes sense, right? You have to you have to have some fields that produce seeds and others that don't. Um, but yes, there's also a lack of processing equipment, so it's very labor intensive to have a weed mar a weed field. You know, when I see these weed fields, especially during harvest, I'm seeing these migrant workers working on hemp, and they're probably loving it because they're probably getting paid more than the farmers are being paid because cannabis is worth way more than the fruits and uh, fruits and vegetables. So shout out to cannabis for you know being an industry that can treat these migrant workers right, pay them right, put food on the table, and you know grow towards being a twenty three billion dollar market. Even though, in my opinion, I think it's gonna be much much larger than that cbd is too big and hemp is too big it's only a matter of time before the hemp market itself takes off and its various products it can make and we already know cbd is here to stay it may like i said i'm probably going to predict around 30 plus billion dollars when it comes to 2023 because cbd and hemp is growing so so fast another difficulty for hemp cultivation is the lack of traditional markets so they're not able to get the dis the distribution and placement of that they're looking for. Now they are making big contracts with CVS and all these other big pharma firms that want to sell CBD. But initially, it's still hard to get your CBD out there if you're not one of these big, big name companies. If you're Charlotte Webb, you can put your stuff in stores everywhere. Why? Because your brand is being featured right front and center on CNN and Sanjay Gupta's weed documentaries. If you're Charlotte's Web, you have the story, the following, the branding, they're going to accept you. But if you're like Lion, if you're like a, a Liger CBD and you're trying to get your products into places and you're only focused on smoke shops, you're not doing it right. Doctor's office, chiropractors, insurance offices, places where people just feel stressed. Hey, look, there's some CBD you can sell them. It helps my customers who feel stressed out. You know, things of that nature. You know, another uh, issue is cross-pollination and pollen drift. So the issues the issues are you want to grow your cannabis. You want to have it be, be a flower just like you all grow sensimilia when it comes to, you know, weed. That's just sexually frustrated females who are basically growing their buds in attempts to get fatter and fatter to attract more males to come to it. I mean, that's amazing. I wonder if that happens in real life. Like, yeah, if you have a female who's so shunned away from, you know, boys and guys because they have strict parents and then they just their flower just blooms even larger and larger because their body is like, I'm ready. <laughs> Yo, when it's four o'clock in the morning, this podcast gets crazy. But anyway, that has been what's going on in the hemp in the, in the cannabis industry this week. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm really, I really think the hemp industry is going to grow into much more larger levels. You're seeing on Instagram the amount of hemp that's being produced and it's amazing seeing these pictures i'm seeing influencers take trips towards these farms listen if you're a farm out there you want to market your stuff why not get influencers to fly out to your farm take the image and now you're having that being seen by not only the amount of followers they have but also the other people who are going to repost it so for instance there's a uh, influencer forget her name that went to a hemp farm didn't, didn't really seem like a cannabis person but i guess is around that health and cbd field that probably has sell cbd so they went to the hemp farm they took the little cute, nice, well-edited uh, pictures, posted on Instagram, and it's being shown to her multi-thousand follower page, right? And not only that, you have now me reposting it, showing it to another couple of thousand follower page, and then so on and so forth. That one picture can give that farm so much more exposure, especially if they keep the uh, caption under the photo. So yeah, farmers, quick marketing tip, get influencers to take pictures by your stuff, not just people who's from the neighborhood, and you'll see some more exposure and contact. People want to contact, know you, interview you, everything like that. So Again, hemp harvest is looking amazing. These colors are looking amazing. All these cannabis plants are being dried. That means there's going to be way more hemp flowers in the market, way more hemp 
companies selling hemp flower and way more other CBD products coming in the means of CBD. I don't know why it's that I repeated it that way, but it kind of sounded cool, so I did it again. Uh, but yeah, that has been this week's stories. Let's just do a quick overview of what happened this week so we just <clears throat> know and have a brief overview. So first things first, we have California governor signed a bill allowing K-12 students, that means even high school, to use their cannabis. Now, I guarantee if the kid's in high school, the kid's not probably calling his parents in order to go ahead and administer him cannabis. I mean, she's going to say, Johnny, just take this THC from the MMJ doctor and enjoy yourself. I don't know why I made Timmy's mom sound like she was 68 years old and menopause was 20 years ago, but... Either way, I don't think these high school kids are going to need their parents to administer the medicine. They're going to do it their way. And if they're in high school, they're going to be the first friend to probably introduce their friend to cannabis. Let's be real. If you've been taking cannabis since you were in kindergarten and now you're in high school, you need that to operate. So you're going to enjoy it, ingest it, and enjoy it any way you can. And chances are you're going to be sharing it with your friends. So just be aware of that. We always see so many, you know, emergency visits from kids eating edibles. They're not made to eat edibles, folks. They're children. Next story we talked about was how there's a class action lawsuit by the SEC against Sunoval who sold some bad cannabis, had mold and gloves in them, and got them returned. I mean, if you return $2 million, I'm going to want to know about it before you go public, and they didn't. So now they're getting served, they're just due. Those who watch shows like Billions understand the level of severity that is and also why the strategy of someone may do that. Uh, the list goes on and on. So cannabis companies, again, their shares tumbled nearly 40 this week. That includes company Hexo, who is just not having a good week. I used to own their stock. Um, their stock still isn't doing that well. And it looks like they had projected this in 2020 to make 400 million, which would be much reasons for me to invest in you. But they're taking in nearly 10,000, 10. They're taking in 10 times less than that at 48 million. They're, they're 100x less than projected. The, I would sell their stock too. Like, oh, this company's full of shit. Good thing I sold that company, that, that uh, stock already. Right. And they're going to blame it on the business proposition saying edibles aren't available. They're saying that concentrates aren't available. And yeah, of course, but I think you're going to have the same cannabis market and customers, just those who gravitate towards concentrate. What Canada has to focus on if it wants to be successful is make operating and buying weed from you better than going to my weed man. Not just because it's formulated and it's like well done and it's clean, but also the intangibles that come with it. When you buy from your weed man, his job is to roll up, you know what I mean, drop it off, keep it pushing. If you're friends with a weed man, chances are the weed man wants to smoke with you anyway, so now you're getting free smokes off. But it's a different, more professional experience. Uh, last but not least, we talked about MedMen and how their deal with Pharmacan tumbled, evaporated, is gone. However, somehow, scratch my beard, Pharmacan was able to give three, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Three assets towards MedMen that can help them with their bottom line, who's not looking so good. Last but not least, we talked about hemp. Oh, hemp is going to be predicted as a $23 billion market. We showed you guys a few episodes ago the prediction by Nelson of cannabis being a $40 billion market. But for now, CBD to be even more than half, that's something not to sneeze about. If all the attention is going towards THC, focusing on something like CBD now, or doing it a couple years before it was even more popular, is a great investment and a great move. Just make sure you're buying the right thing. Okay, these hemp farmers cannot find farm, uh, feminized seeds these hemp farmers are having trouble having you know dealing with these unique markets that cbd are sold in and the list goes on and on so again that was the recap of today's episode hopefully you enjoyed it hopefully you laughed maybe even learned something 
But either way, stay tuned and stay hot, folks. High TV.